0: Alright, I'll do Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month and six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on Us. Mintmobile.com
1: slash switch.
0: Upfront payment of forty-five dollars equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over forty gigabytes per month,
1: face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active mint customers by 531 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG.
0: If you haven't seen it yet, really shocking video from the egg roll event at the White House. Let me give you a brief taste. Okay, there's Joe by the wall, and here comes the Easter Bunny to shoo him away, trying to distract him and push him the other direction. Seemed a bit awkward, but there was plenty more where that came from. Next. <laughs>
1: With all the bunnies. Oh, the Easter Bunny President. Oh, yeah. well, there we
0: go. So bad. <laughs> I mean, is it part of the Easter Bunny's job description to prevent Joe Biden from talking about his Afghanistan failure? I, I didn't think it was. It's a sad job for such a happy bunny. Uh, but I'm not the Easter Bunny's manager. I don't know. Let's see what Jill, I mean, I'm sorry, Dr. Jill was up to at the event. <laughs> okay, just stay. Just sit, come <laughs> She's just shit. Don't worry. I'm the teacher. Uh, you know. Uh, at least he knows uh, his place and who is really wearing the pants in the family. And then we also have this Dr. Jill classic. Welcome to the South Lawn. Thank you and happy, happy Easter. This just seems a little sad, no? The wife saying, hey, uh, honey, wave, wave, you idiot, wave, it's time to wave. The normal human interaction thing you're supposed to do right now is wave. It's a little troubling, I will say. After seeing all of that, though, you might think nothing could be more troubling than that. And then Biden has told Obama he's running again. We are all completely screwed. Stu does America. We're in the party. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. The promo code is Stu to save 10 bucks off your subscription. Today we have Daily Wire's Brett Cooper. She's going to join us from the comments section. I have a few thoughts on the libs of TikTok scandal, but we start by doing masks on a plane. Aha, yes. Were you on a plane yesterday when this all happened? Are you? Do you have, like I do, a vacation? planned relatively soon and just celebrating the idea you're not going to be in a mask for the entire flight. We'll see what happens, boys and girls. But as of right of this this moment, it feels like kind of like a, a symbolic end to the craziness. Look, it's felt that way for a while in Texas and some other states, but this really feels like everybody's the out now. I mean there's just the one place you still had to wear the mask in most cases at least. And now that's gone after a federal judge in Florida struck down the Biden administration's mask mandate for airplanes and other public transport methods, airlines are starting to act. Several US airlines announced Monday that masks are now optional on their aircraft. Uh, Delta Airlines, American Airlines, United Airlines, uh, Southwest Airlines, Alaskan Airlines, and JetBlue. One problem with Alaskan Airlines is it still flies to Alaska and it's too cold too cold in Alaska, just so you know. A U.S. administration official said, while the agencies were assessing potential next steps, the court's decision meant CDC's public transportation masking order was no longer in effect. The administration could still opt to appeal the order to seek an emergency delay in the order's enforcement. And and look, you know, one of the things that, I don't think they're gonna fight this. I think the Biden administration is looking at this politically and saying, this kind of gives us an out, right? If there is another uptick in the uh, court in the covid case count or we have some sort of outbreak, they can say, look, it was that darn Trump appointed judge that did this. We had this thing under control until then. And they're going to go down that road. And this gives them kind of an out. Right. Look, the people do not want to do this anymore. They're sick of it. They're tired of it. Nobody wants to wear a mask anymore. Nobody wants to wear a mask on a plane anymore with the best filtration systems that any of us are ever around. Nobody wants to do this. We're all tired of it. Even the people and maybe especially the people who work at the airlines are tired of it. Let me give you a couple of pictures of of this as it happens. Here is a, a pilot announcing the end of the federal mask mandate on a plane. April 18th, the Biden administration announced that the Transportation Security Administration will no longer enforce the federal mandate requiring masks in all U.S. airports and onboard aircraft. Finally! <laughs> uh, effective Im- immediately, masks are optional for all airport employees, crew members, and customers inside U.S. airports and onboard aircraft. Isn't it? I don't know that I ever would have believed that people would have to be cheering over not having to wear a mask. I mean, that's what a crazy couple of years it's been. But it's great to see. I think people were really excited about it. And as I mentioned, it's not just the people on the plane uh, who are passengers, It's the people who work these planes often. You know, they've had the rough end of this. Number one, they've had to try to enforce these ridiculous mandates. And number two, they're the ones that have to stay in these things all day. You know, you might have to go and and fly every once in a while here and there and put on a mask. They didn't have that option. They were they had to wear them all the time. And it had to be incredibly frustrating. Uh, Here's a picture of relief. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> this is just jubilation jubilation to be able to live like a normal human being around other human beings you shouldn't need to be that excited to feel that way to, to uh, over something like this but that is where we are in the society uh, let me give you one more here this is a flight attendant talking to passengers about not having to wear a mask for the first time in two years I would
1: like to continue wearing your mask please feel free to do that. we do have extras if you would like one First time, name your I will be fight later. One hour and thirty five minutes, flight up to Atlanta. Three other visitors, some of my dear friends. Together, we are here for your comfort and safety.
0: I mean, look, this is it's a good moment, and I guess occasionally you have to take the good moments and actually enjoy them. That's all. You know, they, they had some. I mean, look, the, the beating that some of these airline employees have taken over over the last couple of years has been really rough. First of all, it looked like their entire industry was going to shut down. Uh, then people came back. A lot of them were terrified of everyone around them, viewing them all as vectors of disease. And then there was the other side where people were like, look, we're past this. I've already had COVID. I already had a vaccine. I'm wearing the mask. I'm sick of doing this. I've got a kid here who's three years old, doesn't want to wear the mask. And you're making me put it on. All of the stress had built around these employees for all this time. And they've taken a brunt of a lot of it. And to see them be able to get these masks and pull them off and throw them in the freaking trash where they belong was really, really cool to see. Now, of course, you can't enjoy Uh, You can't enjoy life completely with CNN around. CNN is here, and they are here to tell you, keep your freaking masks on. No, no, you shan't enjoy your life. Uh, Though the facts clearly demonstrate the prudence of delaying the end of the mask mandate, a choice echoed by the ongoing airline chaos in Europe, I continue to worry that the CDC ultimately will be cornered into doing the wrong thing or forced to comply with the federal judge's latest ruling on the matter before the Biden administration can appeal. Well, yeah, first of all, that's the way the system works. Like, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to actually listen. I know liberals hate doing that. But like, Has it been clearly demonstrated that masks make a difference on planes? I know of no large outbreaks that occurred on planes. Maybe there have been a couple, but it's not been a large area of problems because of the filtration systems on these planes. It's just not that big of an issue as you compare it to other, you know, crowded into a small, dank old bar somewhere. You're much more likely to have an event uh, that is going to cause a lot of spread of the virus. If that happens to be a major concern of yours at this point, most people, I think at this point, it's not. I mean, it's an annoyance. If you get covid, you can get kind of sick. I mean, you know, obviously we we do have those outlying really bad outcomes that still happen to those who are vulnerable. And we want to do our best to avoid that. But again, at no point have cloth masks proven to be effective at all during this entire time. It's just not been a thing you know, even in lab testing, you don't see much effect from, uh, from cloth masks. And that when they that's when they're in perfect conditions, you know, surgical masks are a little bit better n 95 masks. We've talked about this for a while. We did a show back and I think it was September, uh, saying, look, if you think you really need a mask to protect yourself, like I, it's not my job to assess your risk. You do that. You run your own freaking life. I'm not your dad. I'm not your doctor. You run your life. Okay. And The problem with this liberal approach to this the entire time was we had to have everyone participating. If remember, I'm wearing my mask for you and you're wearing your mask for me. And this idea that other people are supposed to take care of you. And that's just not it's not the American way. It's not the human way. Right. We want to do things for others. Of course, I would No, if I really believed, honestly, they were incredibly effective and and I could help someone get through this. Of course, I would do what I could, not because I was forced to, but because I wanted to. But cloth masks obviously don't work. And N95 masks, unlike the beginning of the pandemic when they were not available and very difficult to come across, are widely available everywhere now. You can get them and they, unlike the cloth mask, unlike the surgical mask, protect you from catching COVID. It's not, your, it's not about your spread. It's, well, It does work that way as well, um, in, in some cases at least, depending on what type you have. But the bottom line is you can protect yourself from getting it from others. If you have some, you know, a right wing hick in a flannel shirt sitting next to you that's not wearing a mask, you don't have to worry about that because you have your perfectly fitted N95 mask that you got for two bucks at like Home Depot and you can wear that thing and then you don't have to bother others. But you know what? So much of this has been about the desire to bother others, to harass others, to harangue others into the way of life that they want. And that is going away faster than I think they even expected. Uh, The op-ed goes on, should the CDC eventually move on from masks during travel, even in the midst of uncertain containment of the virus, the assurance may be enough for many people to feel comfortable boarding an airplane without a mask. But if I fly anywhere the next several months, first... I will do my own research by checking the CDC website, showing state and country infection rates. And if I don't like what the numbers show, no matter what towns my new cabin mates may hail from, I happily will once again don a mask. Good. We didn't want to see your face anyway. Okay, go away. You do what you do and leave us alone. Wear an N95 mask. You can protect yourself. Get out of my face about it. And finally, we have reached that point even on airplanes. Nate Silver, uh, who's, it's interesting, Nate Silver's a guy who's kind of a hero of the left at one point, and then they turned on him because he said things that have been like commonsensical about COVID over this time. And here's what he had to say. He got just lit up on Twitter over this. The average American spends something like five hours per year on a plane. The mask mandate might be good or bad at the margin, but it is very unlikely to make a major difference in the overall course of the coronavirus. Yeah, you know, that's the least controversial statement ever made. It's completely true and completely obvious. You know, most people aren't most people haven't flown in the past year. And if they have, they maybe took one or two flights. It's not. Yes, it might. There might be some uh, virus cases that are passed on a plane here and there, but they're unlikely. And if they happen, they happen. And it it is likely not a large cause of spread. We know that these masks were not doing the job as advertised. And we're at a point now where anyone, everyone's got some sort of immunity. You've either had it or you've got vaccinated or you've got, you've, you've taken the, you know, you got a, a stash of like six, you know, palletfuls of the, uh, the Pfizer pill, whatever you got, you got something. And you probably at this point feel that you can assess your own risk. That's America. That's how this is supposed to work. The truth is that this is the symbolic end of the pandemic era. Now you might say, I live in Texas, I live in Florida, and it's felt like it's been over here for a long time. Or you might say that it was the post-Omicron lifting of the mandates in blue states that marked the end, or the introduction of vaccines or other treatments, or maybe that marked the end for you, or maybe you never had to deal with any of this nonsense from the beginning, good for you. But through all of this, we were stuck wearing masks on planes. You could have had COVID three times and be double vaxxed and double boosted and nobody seemed to care. Why? Because it was the one thing that the White House was able to keep control of. Everything else was handled at a more local level, but for the most part, even flights in and out of Florida had to deal with the stupid masks. And as the symbolic end was announced on planes across the country, you could see the relief, not only from the passengers, but more from the employees. These people, generally speaking, did not want to harass you about your health decisions. That wasn't what they wanted to do with their lives. They were normal people, who didn't want to think about your droplets. Not really what did they wanted to spend their day doing. They just wanted to show up to work and take home their paycheck and move on with their lives. And now they can. And this should be the end of these ridiculous mandates on employees at restaurants and retail establishments too. Honestly, everywhere else. Some of these places have been looking for an excuse to shut all of this down, and now they have that excuse, utilize it. Take the mask off, pour a drink down your throat, celebrate, and then when you're finished, Remember, people who made these decisions still need to be held accountable for them at the polls, at the courts, and in public discourse. We still have a lot of work to do. Who does America? If you are a carnivore, my guess is you like knowing where your meat comes from. When you do uh, order through Moink, that place is literally from small family farms all across the country, by which I mean, you know, this country. And that means that you can help save family farms and get access to the highest quality meat on Earth when you join the Moink movement today. Moink delivers uh, grass fed and grass finished beef and lamb, pastured pork, chicken and sustainable wild caught Alaskan salmon. This is straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like your grandparents did. Uh, as a result, their meat tastes like it should because it's, you know, the family farm does it this way. This is probably where you want to get your meat from. Moink is, has a real difference here, and the Moink difference is a difference that you can taste. You're going to be helping family farms stay independent as well. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash stew right now. Listeners to this show get free filet mignon in every order for a year. One year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste. Uh, But, you know, it's only for a limited time. So make sure you check it out. Moinkbox.com, M-O-I-N-K, box.com, slash stew. Moinkbox.com, slash stew.
1: Okay, so we all do it we stay up way later than we should laying in bed scrolling on instagram and tiktok trying to find content that is not angry leftists having a meltdown that's where the comment section comes in five days a week viral content and jumping into the insanity that is of course the comment section I know blue-haired liberals except the ones i'll be responding to Because like most young people, my life is literally overrun by woke ideologies. Like I'm telling you guys, when I was at UCLA, I had two, two communist manifestos chucked at my head, literally. Like forgive my passion, but guys, like I lost friends over this because I wouldn't support BLM and I wouldn't shut up about my political beliefs. And it doesn't end in school. I mean, our pop culture, all of our movies, our social media, they are all run by progressive mentalities. It's obnoxious. So we've decided to change that. Like, we deserve better. We deserve content that is irreverent and fun, but without leftism, you know, being shoved down our throat. So, this show was born. I'm Brett Cooper, and this is the comment section.
0: All right, there she is, Brett Cooper, and she's here too. She's a professional actress turned political commentator and the newest personality to join Daily Wire we love the Daily Wire, of course. Uh, the comment section with Brett Cooper. Be sure to head over to YouTube and subscribe right this second. Well, maybe right after the interview.
1: Hi, Brett. <laughs> Hi, how Steve. are you? I'm great. How about yourself?
0: You, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really good. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming and doing this. Yeah, um, good to you, be here. You were a, an actress. Yes. Uh, you were doing the Hollywood thing.
1: Yeah. I was uh, uh, living in Hollywood for about 10 years, and mm-hmm. I worked as a child actor. I started professionally when I was about seven years old. Really? Did the whole thing, yeah. Started in theater, worked in New York doing Broadway things, then moved out to Los Angeles and did TV and film.
0: And So you did that for a while. You yes. were out there for a while. Mm-hmm. Now you're in Nashville. Mm-hmm. You're doing Daily Wire commentary. Yep. It's a different world, I would, I would imagine. Completely, <laughs> yeah. it's a
1: very different world. But at the same time, I think what I love about it and the through line that I found is that it's still storytelling, especially because I do mostly cultural commentary. Mm-hmm. I am using entertainment as a way to share my values and to, you know, communicate the goings-on of the world, and especially in a comedic fashion. Yeah. The entire world revolves around storytelling. We are very much a narrative-driven species. Um, And so even though I'm not, you know, playing a specific character or doing a movie, I am still using, you know, that form of communication to reach people. So
0: let me ask you this. Did Did... Either of the two communist manifestos hit your head. Uh, They were thrown at your head.
1: (laughs) One one did. One did. At a party, yes. I had a couple of friends (laughs) expose me for my Mm -hmm. beliefs, basically, with other people at the party. Mm -hmm. A guy grabbed it. He had it on his coffee table, which already, uh, as you do.
0: Where else are they going to put it?
1: Uh, Grabs it Mm -hmm. and says, hey, you should read this. Chucks it at me, hits me in the head and falls down. The other one was <laughs> thrown at me on Bruin Walk, which at UCLA is our big, it's mm-hmm. where everybody tables, it's like buy a donut for, you know, Kappa Kappa Gamma sorority, that sure. kind of thing, and I think it was like the Socialist Society or whatever, and they were like throwing communist manifestos out. And I was like, again? Really? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me?
0: I mean, it's a sign at this <laughs> point, is. I think, yeah. and you've been able to address that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell me about your experience uh, in Southern California, mm-hmm. you're, you're in college yeah. as a conservative. like. Yeah that that doesn't fit at all. Was no. it oil and water? What was it like?
1: Absolutely. I for my first couple of years, I was able to you know skate through. I didn't <laughs> talk much about politics, not intentionally. It was just never really something that I felt like I needed to dive into. Right. I was doing you know general ed classes didn't really come up. When I got to my uh, higher level, I was an English major. So my higher level liberal arts classes, that's when I really started feeling the pressure yeah. from you know, very leftist peers, very leftist professors. Um, but even so, I was able to come out still being a conservative. Uh, I think I credit that to my family and the fact that I was homeschooled. So I came with a very, very strong value base, mm. and pretty unwavering. But even through all of that, I still, which is... Controversial in conservative circles. I still believe in higher education. Really? Yeah Mm -hmm. I'm very academic and I think for all if you are academic if you are an intellectual if you aspire to You know of course be a doctor be a lawyer. It's necessary. But I think that there's a big push in the conservative world to say you don't need to go. And obviously you don't, but mm-hmm. that people shouldn't go. And I'm still an advocate for we need conservatives in intellectual spheres. It's, we need it, yeah, those it's students. It's like
0: a bad idea to just give all that turf. To
1: completely um, walk away from it. Exactly. I,
0: I'm generally of the Brian Kaplan mindset of mm-hmm. like, you know, I, there's a lot. The cost benefit analysis for a lot of people I, yeah. I don't think is always there. Yeah. But like, I was watching this this back and forth about. Um, one of, there was some story, story that came out about the gender studies issue. It, or it was, um, oh, it was this USA Today story that came mm-hmm. out a few, a few weeks ago, and it was t- talking about how, you know, some crazy, you know, left-wing nonsense yep. about gender. And so it was about when um, Ketanji Brown-Jackson was asked if she was a woman. And they went and they asked all these experts, yeah. well, what is a woman, as mm-hmm. if we don't know? Yeah. And they went to gender expert after gender expert, and they all backed up sort of the crazy left-wing view, which mm-hmm. was, you know, look, we can't really know, and it's it's it means so many different things to so many different people. Yep. And as I was reading it, I realized they didn't have a conservative gender expert to go to. No. Even if they wanted to attempt journalism, which they did not, but even if they did, <laughs> yeah. who would they talk to? Exactly. Right. And I think there is that, that idea that conservatives just leave this battlefield. Mm. And then when journalists who might have, even be looking for honest answers mm. go to ask the experts in this field, None of us are there.
1: Exactly, and it's kind of like with the culture war. Like conservatives have sat in the back seat for so long, and we've allowed the left to take over Hollywood, to completely dominate social media, to dominate basically every large institution. Mm-hmm. And I'm worried that I mean we already have lost academia. Academia has been you know yeah. left wing for my <laughs> entire life. My right. mom was a textbook publisher. She experienced it. Wow. Um, but it is another vitally important institution that, if we completely walk away from, I mean, it's gone. I think that you know, culture is downstream from academia because it starts there in the colleges. It starts with these philosophers that can you know talk in circles and make any eighteen-year-old believe any of their nonsense. Yeah. They take that out, they spew it on TikTok, and suddenly it's you know immersed in everything that we do.
0: I think you, you, uh, you hit a, on a good um, a point here when you're talking about. Uh, the universities, that yeah. has been the focus of conservatives for a long time, and that yep. like they will say they will complain about mm-hmm. nutty professors and all this crazy yeah. stuff that's going on. And I think we've just abandoned that until very recently. Mm-hmm. The K through 12 situation. Yes, you mentioned being homeschooled. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, I think, the type of thing that gives you that foundation that you don't get rolled over by every professor when you're 18. Yeah. Like how can how can we change that side of it? You see a lot of people going in talking in front of uh, these school boards mm-hmm. now. That's a big thing. But this is a this is a big problem I think for conservatism.
1: Yeah. Uh, the most important important thing in my mind is school choice and mm. funding you know, yes. systems or yes. funding the students instead of the systems yes. and giving parents the opportunity that if they want to take their tax dollars and homeschool their children put them in a private school put them in a christian private school put them in a you know jewish school whatever they want they deserve the right it is the parental right yeah. to decide how their children are educated whatever they see fit if you want to put your kids in a public school and have them be indoctrinated by you know Nutty second grade teachers, you are more than welcome to. Right. That is your right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is immoral to force people to pay for programs that they are you know, not using, that they do not want their kids involved in. Uh, so I think that is the first step. But I'm a huge advocate for homeschooling. I talk about it a lot. I got a comment on one of my videos the other day. It was actually while I was on Tim Pool, and somebody sent in a super chat and said, I've watched Red Cooper for a while now, and she was the one who convinced me to homeschool my kids. And that was like, I did it. I, oh, I was now like, you can if retire. I, exactly. Yeah, right, that's, there
0: that's all you have to do. Yeah.
1: If I can convince even a couple of parents who, you know, had it in their mind, were nervous about it, didn't know where to start. I yeah. mean, it it completely changed everything about my life. Like, I would not be who I am if I had not had that incredibly strong foundation, incredibly strong moral, family, academic foundation. Yeah, I
0: think that's great. I I feel like there was this, we dropped the ball a little bit as conservatives, particularly Mm -hmm. through COVID, Mm -hmm. and that so much of the conversation was about, hey, open these public schools back up. You know, come on, this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And yeah, sure it was. But like, what are we arguing for here? We're yep. <laughs> arguing to open up the doors to these institutions that are ruining our children. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is, I, we, we should have taken that opportunity to turn it more towards school choice. Mm-hmm. I know Corey DeAngelis, you mentioned uh, they, they he's, talk, he's great. And yep. talking about that idea of funding the student is mm-hmm. so important. And it's the type of thing. We have a lot of unpopular views. Like, yep. you know, I mean, like as conservatives, we're never the popular one. Maybe you were. I don't know. I never was the popular <laughs> one. No one wants to talk to me at parties. Yeah. Uh, but like, here's a view. Where like eighty percent of the population's like, yeah, we should be able, of course, to send our yep. school kids to whatever school mm-hmm. they want, and we just sit on the sidelines. I feel like we don't, we're not, we're not going on offense enough.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think I've always said that the one positive thing that came out of COVID, I think there were maybe two, yeah, knows, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, was that parents were forced to see what was going on inside of their children's classrooms. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like these educational issues are the most important issues on the ballot in the coming election season. I mean, we saw it in Virginia uh, that parents are suddenly, you know. Raging and getting involved in how dare you put me on like an FBI watch list because right. I'm, you know, speaking at <laughs> right. school board meetings. But it forced them to sit and watch on Zoom as their students were indoctrinated or watch teachers say, don't be in the room while we're doing Zoom because you're not allowed to see what we're doing. You know, BS. Like, you are the parent. You are allowed to be seeing what your children are learning. Mm -hmm. So I think that was one of the positive things is it forced parents to have to see exactly what their children were learning in these schools that they're, you know, trusting.
0: Yeah, you had uh, the school education thing and Mm -hmm. alcohol delivery at home. Yeah, exactly. So you had those are the two positive things. Delivery margaritas, my favorite. That was fantastic. (laughs) Um, uh, So you flew down here from Nashville? Yes. Okay you did you have what was the mask situation was it post mask ban lift? it was, what was while
1: it, it was happening oh, so, you were so in the air. i got to the airport as it was like i was going through security i actually i think it happened i looked at it and i like in our slack channel our daily wire slack channel i was messaging people being like wait did this just happen yeah. like can i take it off So I walked up to security, and security is still, you know, telling people, put on your mask, put on your mask, whatever. And so I was like, okay, maybe this, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, it takes a
0: while to filter it down. Exactly. So
1: I kept it, you know, here where I usually do. (laughs) Made it through security, and then I never wear it once I'm through security. So Mm. I had gone ahead and taken it off, and I'm listening to the Southwest people at the gate, and they're playing the pre-recorded message that's like, it is a federal whatever. And I was like, no, it's not. Like, as of an hour ago, this is not the federal mandate. I'm just still sitting there without a mask. I walk on without one. Nobody says anything. And I get there, and the first flight attendant I see, they are blaring music. She's playing, like, Shut Up and Dance With Me uh, by Walk the Moon. (laughs) She is, like, having the time of her life, (laughs) maskless. And I was like, this is amazing. Wow. Uh, I was one of the first on the plane, and so I got to sit and watch. As all of these people walk on the plane and they like slowly like, oh, OK, and like begin pulling them down. And it was very cool to see. Some people were obviously, you know, they have the mask Karens. They were disgruntled. Yeah. Um, it was fun. The guy sitting next to me had no idea that it had happened and like slowly pulled it down as he sat down next to me. And then I looked at his phone and he was listening to Ben Shapiro. And I was like, hello. <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs>
0: I was like, listening
1: to my boss. Yeah, there you go. Um, but it was very cool to be part of that moment and literally be there as it was happening.
0: Because that really does feel like the symbolic end to this. You know, you you live in Nashville. We live in Texas. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, honestly, it's felt sort of over for Mm -hmm. a long time, depending on where you live. But this is the one time that we all kind of going through security, whether Mm -hmm. you're on the plane, you have the person who's harassing you over it. When you're at that airport, it still felt like it was going on. It's the one place. And now even that's gone. That's a big moment, I feel like, for the country.
1: Exactly. And we've known for... (laughs) Forever now that the masks, especially on planes, were such a sham. So Yeah. Uh, with the ventilation and everything. And it was the last straw of, like, are we really going to hold out and believe right. this nonsense? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Especially when they did the last extension. It was like, it's clear they're not even hiding the fact that they were just power hungry. Right. There was a tweet that went viral of, uh, well, I think she's running for... Congress or something in New Hampshire. I'm not sure. Her tweet went viral and got ratioed like crazy because she was saying, I can't believe that this judge is trying to strip the federal government of more power. Like, how oh. dare she? It's like, they're saying the quiet parts out loud.
0: Yeah. What country they're... do you think you live in? Exactly. <laughs> <That's not how laughs> I was like, have you, have
1: you even read any of our founding documents? Oh, so amazing. it's, yeah, it's very clear. It was never about the science. We all know that, but yeah. I'm glad that it was stripped away.
0: Well, it was the one thing that I think, you know, Biden still had control of, right? Yeah. Like, you know, one of the good things, and I think this has actually been a positive test of our country mm-hmm. is that there never was a national mask mandate. You know, like, that never happened in Mm -hmm. this country because it can't happen, right? Like, it can't. They tried to do the national vaccine mandate... It can't yeah. happen. That is not how our country is structured. And you saw places like Florida, like Texas, mm-hmm. uh, like Tennessee, mm-hmm. who were able to kind of go and go their plot their own path there mm-hmm. and have just as you know good or bad however you want to look at it yeah. results as anywhere else. And at least you're able to maintain that freedom. There wasn't there wasn't that centralized control. And mm-hmm. when you look at who we have as the president of the United <laughs> States, you think to yourself, Thank God we don't have that. Yeah. So when you look at Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. I have this debate all the time okay. internally. There's this there's a scale yeah. of when I look at him and I watch him on a daily basis. Yes. Is it funny or is it sad? Where do you fall in that spectrum? Okay,
1: I literally did an episode about this a couple of days ago where I reacted to his best gaffes of the week oh. because you can't it must just have been do a long, entire, long, oh, it was a long video <laughs> because every week there's something new. Yeah. And I, I made that comment where it's like I think that it's kind of sad because I believe. In my mind, I'm like, he's got, like, his handlers have to be making fun of him back there. Like, this can't be, be, this is ridiculous. But at the same time, I'm not gonna not laugh about it. I'm not gonna (laughs) not (laughs) not use it as content. Like, you're leading a country. This is absolutely (laughs) absurd, leading a country. Mm Um, But it is, it feels like elder abuse. It's like his family, the, you know, Democrat masterminds are propping up this guy who they thought that, you know, this whole country could get behind this, you know, nice, sweet Vice President Biden, a moderate, whatever. He's not a moderate. No, never was. He's not, yeah. His family is filled with criminal activity. He is not some sweet little, (laughs) you know, guy eating ice cream. uh, And they're using him. And so that part of it is disheartening and it's sad, you know, for any person to be dealing with it, but... It's also just, we're a national, we're a worldwide embarrassment. Yeah. So.
0: I know, because I, I feel like I get, I get, you know, I'm sad sometimes uh, mm-hmm. when I watch him because it does feel like, you know, especially Jill is just like, yeah Dr. Jill's just like rolling him around on yeah. the stage. And then you have the funny parts where I can't help but laugh. And then there's that in between part where I'm like legitimately scared he's going to gaff us into World War yeah, III. Exactly. Right? Like, he's going to be like, hey, I'm going to nuke uh, Moscow tomorrow. Yeah. And he'll just blurt it out. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, all of our cities explode. It wasn't
1: there that, I don't remember what event it was, but he was saying, like, oh, yeah, at my, like, privatized, like, big security meeting, I learned this, and everybody was like, oh, my God, don't say that. <laughs>
0: that's when the Easter Bunny yeah, walks exactly. up and like, pulls him away. let's <laughs> not do
1: that. Or the one uh, earlier this week where he was talking with the new head of the ATF about ghost guns, and Rand just walks up and starts going off script and, like, picking up the guns. Don't and pick all up firearms, like, mm, please. Sir, don't Stay really away think from that things that
0: can hurt people. Um, <laughs> exactly. uh, Brett Cooper, uh, Daily Wire, how many times a week are you doing the show? Every day?
1: Five days a week, yeah. yep.
0: And you can get it on YouTube?
1: That's yes, the, place the to comment go. section with Brett Cooper is our YouTube channel. We've only been doing it for a little over a month, and we're almost at 300,000 subscribers. No, so it don't brag.
0: <laughs> it's just, all right, this interview is it's over. It's uh, <laughs> Brett Cooper, a comment section with Brett Cooper. Be sure to check her out, and I guess add to her YouTube subscriber count uh, right now. Brett, thanks so much for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Elizabeth Warren is throwing some shade at our good friend Nancy Pelosi. Yes, she says it's obvious lawmakers shouldn't trade stocks, whether you're a Republican senator or the Democratic Speaker of the House. Now, this has been an interesting issue for Nancy, who's evolved several times on this particular issue. She, first of all, really likes the free money she can get by trading stocks with inside information. It's a great way to do trading. You know, a lot of people try to figure out what's the best thing to uh, invest in, and then others just know what stocks are going to go up and down in advance because they know the legislation that's going to affect it. And so they take that inside information, and they profit off that inside information. They pocket the money, and they fill multiple freezers in their kitchen with Jenny's ice cream, which is $9 a pint. That's pretty much how the scam works. Anyway, Elizabeth Warren is saying, yeah, you shouldn't be able to do that. Nancy Pelosi was saying, yes, she wanted to do it. Then she said, oh, no, I, don't, I, don't, I guess we can have a ban on that since it looks to be incredibly unpopular. And now she seems to maybe be back on the other side. I don't know. I can't keep track of all the flip-flops. I will tell you what I can keep track of, though. Nancy Pelosi sucks pens. Yes. When you lose a freaking battle of likability with Elizabeth Warren... You suck. You suck. That's why we have Nancy Pelosi sucks pens. They're in stock, by the way. Uh, and the Nancy Pelosi sucks mug as well. It's actually one of my favorite mugs that we have because you look at it and you don't necessarily know what it says. And then you kind of look closer and it just says Nancy Pelosi sucks in her signature all over it. So. Uh, check it out. Uh, studosmerch.com or NancyPelosiSucksPen.com. A public university in Ohio is going to pay a professor $400,000. Why? Well, they disciplined him for refusing to use a transgender student's pronouns, and now that's backfired on them. This is an interesting development and one that needs to continue happening. I still keep thinking of the poor freaking guy who was a utility worker In I think it was California during the Black Lives Matter thing, and he just had a fidgety habit where he had his hand out his window and he made the OK symbol. Someone saw it, tracked him down. He got fired. His life was ruined. He came on our show. He was in the Monica Lewinsky you know cancel culture documentary thing that she did. Had all this attention, and this poor guy never even got his job back. Like where's his four hundred thousand dollars? It really is infuriating. But at least one. Uh, public University in Ohio is going to have to pay $400,000 to right that incredible wrong. And speaking of things that are incredibly wrong, I did a live uh, stream today. I'm going to be doing these a little bit more often. Go to uh, YouTube.com slash And if you subscribe to the channel and click the little bell uh, there, that'll alert you when we decide to go live. Because I want to start doing this a little bit more when we have, you know, I have this choice every day. Right, we do the show on the radio side, and a lot of times Glenn's like blah 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 things I think are important blah 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 Great Reset blah 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 history uh, Woodrow Wilson blah 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 you know the whole thing that's the show pretty much every day and every once in a while I get to chime in you know if I'm lucky uh, you know but then there are other days where he goes blah 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 Woodrow Wilson Great Reset Klaus Schwab Klaus Schwab and I'm like all right whatever and I don't get to say. <laughs> I hope he hears this. I don't get to say anything, or very little at least. Um, so wh- a lot of times I'll come to this show, and I'll have like two or three choices of like the main monologue that I want to do. And I, you know, I go back and forth, and I, I change my mind 12,000 times. And then I finally land on one, and we do it here. And, and, and then I wind up sticking a story I want to do 20 minutes on into a segment where I only have two or three minutes. It happens often. So I want us to try to, when we have those moments... I have the YouTube live thing. I'm like, wait a minute, I've got that too. Uh, you guys are already here if you're on YouTube and you can check it out right there on YouTube whenever whenever you'd like. And so make sure to go to youtube.com slash Studios America, subscribe and click the bell and you'll get the uh, alerts for when we're going live during the day. Because I mean, look, if you're at work, you shouldn't be working, you know? Uh, that's crazy. You should be listening to content on YouTube. That's what people, that's what human beings do. They're supposed to do work geez, what are we? Conservatives? Um, Okay, so uh, (laughs) this thing today I went off on for, I don't know, half an hour because I'm so fired up about it. This libs of TikTok account, which is an account on Twitter, actually. It's not on TikTok. It's on Twitter. Uh, I think they got banned from TikTok, which is kind of ironic in a way. But they're on Twitter and they just basically take highlights of TikTok. Crazy liberals doing crazy things on TikTok, you know, I self-identifying as an iguana, you know, somebody comes out and just like, I'm actually an iguana, not a not a boy or a girl, I'm an iguana. And we all kind of roll our eyes and laugh at it. And they post these clips and usually they're just kind of funny, right? It's like people kind of crazy people doing their thing. And you know, sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're likable, sometimes they're just nuts. Every once in a while there's some stuff that goes beyond that where maybe it's a teacher Of priests, there's one that was a preschool teacher recently who was saying all sorts of really crazy things about what they were telling their kids, what they were doing with their kids. Seemed like it was really, really weird and way, really far off. And so this account has grown in popularity so that people can kind of see the highlights of what's actually going on in this subculture on the left. Um, And. So the count has grown and it's become one of these things that's fed a lot of conservative media accounts with with good videos uh, and kind of ways to put an exclamation point on what you're talking about. You know, we've used them here a couple of times. I know, you know, they highlight in this story uh, written by Taylor Lorenz for The Washington Post, basically that, you know, Laura Ingraham has used it on Fox and lots of other conservative influencers have highlighted these videos because, you know, they're the most extreme, crazy examples of what we're talking about. Right. And not every liberal is like this, but some are. And it's kind of funny sometimes to laugh at them. That's pretty much mainly what the account's been used for. Well, this was an account used by an anonymous person. They didn't have their name out there. Well, Taylor Lorenz fixed that. She went out there and outed the person, doxed them, uh, linked in the main story to their home address, Uh, really a crazy, crazy thing. And what's really wild about this is just two or three weeks ago, Taylor Lorenz is on national television crying because she's so sick of all the harassment she gets when she gets criticized by commentators who don't like her stories. I mean, she wasn't actually, uh, you know, dealing with what I'm sure this account uh, uh, holder will now deal with today after being vilified by Taylor Lorenz in the pages of The Washington Post. Look, I don't think the liberals are going to like a world in which everyone decides to go and dox their enemies politically i don't think they're going to like it i don't do it to them and i don't think they're going to like it at all i mean i don't think they're going to like when conservative activists decide they're going to go show up at every reporter's uh relatives houses and ask them questions and harass them and then print all their personal details on the internet i don't think they're going to like that at all so they may want to say something to taylor lorenz so she stops doing it because i got news for you I'm never going to do it because I'm just not the type of person who uh, who's going to get involved in that stuff. And I don't I'm not a big uh, I don't know. I am not a big uh, not a big uh, I don't know. It feels like uh, in some ways I'm not going to do the thing I hate them for doing. Like when they when the left does something crazy, I don't want to replicate it. I don't want to normalize it. It's just not the way I roll. But some people do. And, you know, you kind of need people on both sides of that argument, I, I think. And you're going to get those people. Those people are going to go out and do these things now because Taylor Lorenz seems to think it's OK. The Washington Post seems to think it's OK. Jeff Bezos seems to think it's OK. Uh, you know, he fought. He was very upset when people leaked his personal details, but they does not seem to care about this one at all. It's a really a wild inconsistency. Maybe we'll uh, do more uh, on this on a uh, on a monologue for tomorrow. Back in a second. So Facebook is changing its feed again, and it also, of course, is going to change what content it thinks you should see. Uh, And it started implementing the change this week. Uh, Studios America already has the solution for you to get ahead of this problem. You just have to mark this show, Studios America, as a favorite account. All you do is open up the Facebook app, look for the follow button at the top of the page. If you click on it, you will see Favorites has been added as an option. Uh, If you click on Favorites and then all you have to do is make sure you set Stubergear, that's me as one of your favorite accounts uh, to follow. It's pretty simple and it makes it so that big tech is not gonna control what you see at least entirely Take action uh, before it's too late and I disappear forever. I will go into a black hole and a cone of silence for all time unless you set me as a favorite. So uh, go do it now and pick a bunch of other Blaze shows as well uh, to do it uh, uh, with. And so we'll all be, uh, you know, in your favorite family back in a second. Okay, so here's what happened. Quebec and the Ministry of Health there decided they were going to uh, tweet out a link to a COVID site. Now, no one clicks on these links. You know, hey, there's some COVID information. Make sure to check out your local authorities for what you're supposed, to, what what thing you're supposed to put across your face today. No one really looks at this, but of course they're maintained all the time. And someone tweets out a Ministry of Health uh, link, and it didn't quite go to the Ministry of Health. Um, went to a porn video. Oops. Uh, yeah, in fact, it not only went to a porn, porn video. I mean, someone obviously is watching something. I don't know if Jeffrey Tubin works for the Canadian government. I don't know how that works, uh, but he... Uh, the, I assume it was now, now I'm just picturing Jeffrey Tubin and it's getting disturbing. Um, he tweeted, I don't know, now I think it's a he. He tweeted out a video to um, a, a Pornhub link, uh, and it wasn't just any Pornhub link. It was a foot fetish Pornhub link with an ad at the top with a bunch of feet that just says, build them, smell them, lick them. Now, smelling them and licking them, I at least can kind of understand what I, is happening there? In fact, maybe that's the cure to COVID. I don't know. Maybe smelling and licking feet is that was the magical road this entire time. But what, what do you mean, build them? How are you? How are you building a foot? Are they shipping you feet? What is happening in Canada? To, you know, it's Quebec. It's all the French speaking. And that's the problem. Uh, Health Quebec uh, did tweet this out due to a situation beyond our control. A link with inappropriate content was posted on our twitter account we are looking for the causes we are sorry for the inconveniences but now you do know where to go to buy smell and lick feet and i don't know what kind of business this is but what if there if it's not a business i'm starting it up today